I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to a new Squid Bit. These are the shorter podcasts that are just you and me. There aren't any guests with this. And we are going to be just having a bit of one-on-one time talking about one thing in particular. And uh, this is going to be looking at episode four of Severance. Now, if you haven't watched Severance, I would... And actually, if you're Severance curious, I would suggest uh, going back and watching the episodes. Or if you want to get a feel for it, the Squid Bit episode last week covered episodes one to three. And it was also very careful about discussing the series. It was more of an overview. So if you're thinking that maybe you'd like to watch it, you could listen to that podcast, get a feel for it, and then catch up on the episodes and be ready to go with this one. This podcast, which is covering episode four, which was entitled The UUR. And we immediately return to Heli in the break room. If you're watching this series week to week like me, this adds to the horror of just how long she's been in there, forced to read aloud the same words over and over again. Uh, Eventually, Mr. Milchick believes that Heli believes the words that she is reading aloud, and Heli is allowed back into the office. What nobody realises is that her frustrations with Lumon haven't subsided in any way. If anything, her resolve to leave has been strengthened. While this has been happening, Mark ponders the map that Petey left for him to find, totally unaware that his outie is also obsessing about his lost friend. I don't know about you, but the terms innie and outie continuously make me laugh because I don't know why, it just kind of makes me think of navels. <laughs> you know, any outie, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, that's what they've called it in the TV series. We'll stick with that. But if you hear me giggle, it's because I'm childish. So, uh, 
Anyway, uh, Mark has been pondering the map that PD left for him. And also, what he doesn't realise is he's also obsessing about his lost friend in the outside world. Mark doesn't throw PD's phone away. Uh, instead, he is haunted by the low buzzing the phone makes when a private number calls. Mark's house is really quiet, maybe too quiet. Draped in shadows, he's a hollow man in a hollow house. Back in the office, Helly discovers that PD's map is in Mark's drawer, and when she finds it and reveals it to the rest of the team, in a moment of petulance, Mark destroys the map. It's his way of pointing out and proving that he's a company man. And it's probably a way of uh, dealing with it as well. Like, if you destroy it, then... Who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? You've moved on. You don't have to ponder it anymore. I think that's his reasoning anyway. I don't think anything really works quite like that, uh, but I can understand the action. The day in the office is broken up by a visitor. Bert from the optics and design department visits the team and invites them for a tour of where he works. Irving, of course, takes Bert up on his offer and as they stroll about the blank offices talking about the culture at Lumon and the philosophy of Egan, we begin to wonder if these two men have an intimate relationship of some sort out in the real world. How else would you explain the attraction between two people who officially barely know one another. Meanwhile, Ms. Coble is under intense pressure from the silent board and is called upon to retrieve the chip from the recently deceased PD's head. The death has received unwanted media attention, but it is through a news report that Mark learns of what has happened and he attends the funeral. It is there that Mark bumps into Mrs. Selvig, Mark's next-door neighbour that he doesn't recognise as Ms. Coble inside of Lumon. He can't put his finger on what makes him uneasy around Mrs. Selvig, though. That's an interesting point, don't you think? He soon moves on and is confronted by Petey's life in the form of his ex-wife and daughter. And the daughter, in particular, is interesting. Well, the, the ex-wife is interesting, too. As soon as she realises that he is someone that worked with Petey, she immediately uh, becomes very cold and stiffens towards him. Whereas the daughter really makes him question whether the idea of separating yourself and keeping some of your problems in a different self is actually a healthy way of approaching life. I think that's a question we all ask ourselves, isn't it? It's uh, it's, it's really fascinating in that way. Uh so he meets the ex-wife and the daughter, and while the funeral brings forth emotions in Mark, emotions that often feel beyond him in both places, Mrs. Selvig calmly walks up to the unattended coffin, opens it, and then with the use of a drill, bores into Petey's head to remove the chip. Like, holy shit, it is a confronting scene. And I love Patricia Arquette so much. I, I am just wrapped that she is in this role, and she is killing it. For the first couple of episodes, I wondered if Miss Coble and Mrs. Selvig were severed, but after she stole the book that Mark's brother-in-law left behind and this act at the funeral, it feels like this is not the case. Though it's funny, they have very different uh, speaking patterns. Have you noticed that? A slightly different accent. It's all very interesting. I'm not sure where it's going, and I love that. Uh, the book... <laughs> <laughs> that the brother-in-law left behind reads like one of those many terrible self-help books you find in the real world. And weirdly, it has begun to find an audience inside Lumon with the terrible prose and poetry finding willing readers in Mark and Dylan. Mark doesn't have time to reflect, though. 
After the overwhelming sadness he feels at the funeral, he makes his way to a tree that means something to him. I wonder if this is where his wife died. Did you think that as well? That's what I thought. Uh, back in Lumon, Ms. Coble sends Mark to the wellness room. She is worried that the outside world is beginning to intrude into the workplace. Mark is asked to form a sculpture out of clay about how he feels, and he makes a tree. Is Mark coming together to form one whole person? It appears that he isn't the only person who is slowly becoming whole. Perhaps the technology of severance isn't that new. Uh, It's interesting, isn't it? Because people obviously know about it. There are people who are picketing it. But maybe it's only a couple of years old. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. This is just me hypothesizing. And maybe the technology and the long-term side effects are not quite what anyone expects and maybe they're coming together. I think that's going to be part of uh, what we find out uh, as the series progresses and uh, maybe some of this is a revelation for the people who are in charge. We do know that after Heli threatens to cut off her fingers and records a video for her outie, declaring that she does want to leave Lumon, she finds herself immediately back at work with a different video disc. And on this one, Heli's outie explains that she can't quit a job because she isn't a real person. Therefore, it isn't her decision to make. Yet the any version of Heli feels real and has real emotions. This video makes her believe there is some final way forward, and that way forward is pretty drastic. She decides to commit suicide. This episode finishes on her attempt, but we have Dylan's reading of the poem from the self-help book ringing in our ears at the same time. And that poem is about destiny, and perhaps Heli can't escape her fate just yet. I love this episode, but I do bristle at the warnings that come with all entertainment these days. Now, look, I am not saying this is correct, but I'm just saying for me, being warned about what will be coming takes away some of the impact. So I sat throughout the whole episode waiting for the moment of, uh, you know, the warning that came, which said that there is uh, a vision of suicide. I understand why that might be triggering for a lot of people, but from... An art point of view, uh, I sat there waiting for it, and as the episode progressed, it kind of worked out that, oh yeah, well, she's going to do this, and so therefore it loses a little bit of its sting, and uh, it loses a little bit of its impact. I I had this once at a play, a play that I'd never seen before. It was, I think it was um, Arthur Miller's uh, All My Children, maybe it was that, and... uh, when I arrived, there were all these signs everywhere saying, uh, warning, there is uh, a depiction of suicide or a character is going to commit suicide in this. And then I sat there in the play and five minutes into this two-hour play, I thought in my head, that guy's going to kill himself. And he did. And look, it's it's a hard one. Like, I understand why we have these warnings now, but if you're easily triggered, then fair enough if you prefer the warnings. Like, I... like. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, and I'm kind of talking myself into knots here, but my take is that one of the reasons we have art is so we can experience all sorts of emotions in a safe place. I would much rather deal with the extremities of life from the safety of my lounge room than out there in the real world. So this is just a preference. 
one person's experience is another person's trigger. Sometimes when I experience moments of fear or awkwardness or sadness in a piece of art and or entertainment, I am relieved that I can explore those feelings, then stand up, walk to the kitchen and make a sandwich. That's just me. That's just how I work. And, uh, you know, I have experienced a lot of these things in my life. So once again, I'm not saying that's how you should experience it. I'm just saying from my point of view, it just kind of lessens the art and therefore the impact that the art is meant to have. Uh, Interesting in the break room that each person who experiences a voice in there, hears a different voice. So Heli heard a man yelling and Dylan heard a baby crying. That does not sound good, does it? Uh, And I guess it says something about each character, and I'm curious to know what Mark hears. So it feels like maybe Heli dealt with something violent with a man in the real world. Uh, Maybe Dylan had something terrible happen with a baby. And so therefore, uh, if we use that line of reasoning, maybe Mark hears his wife's voice. Do you think that could be a possibility? I find myself still wondering what the numbers are all about as well. I haven't been this obsessed with the meaning of numbers since the glory days of Lost. While The Office is a perfect horror metaphor for corporate banality, the mind-numbing work of grouping numbers is definitely intriguing. And uh, Mark on the outside, the outie version of Mark, believes he is working in the corporate archives division. But it doesn't appear that they're doing anything like that. So... Uh, going back to episode three, we visited the Lumon Perpetuity Wing where the wax figure of Keir Egan has a recording that explains his philosophy regarding what he refers to as the tempers. They are woe, frolic, dread and malice and Egan believes that each man's character is defined by this precise ratio of these tempers. And then when you look at the computer screen, we see a table of progress appear after a set of numbers are placed into a folder and they're labelled WO, FC, DR and MA. And I wonder if they represent the four tempers. Woe, frolic, dread and malice. I wonder if Mark and his team are nothing but test subjects. That's where my theory is going at the moment. And uh, maybe they're helping Lumon work towards something much more sinister in the real world. So this is, anyway, this is where I'm thinking about this. And to be honest, uh, I don't really know too many people who are watching this at the moment, so I haven't had an opportunity to talk it through. So uh, excuse me for a moment as I, you know, talk at you about this. But if we consider the voices that Helly and Dylan heard, and remember that was a man yelling and a child crying, and we know that Mark is attempting to deal with the painful experience of his wife dying, Maybe this is all leading to something much bigger and therefore something much worse. So maybe in the real world, the commerce of war, which we know often drives development and innovation, well, maybe if we apply that to the world that Lumon is in, maybe they're trying to find a way where they can create soldiers who can keep moving forward without the experience of war holding them back. Maybe, like it could be that. Uh, If you have your thoughts, I'd love to know. Look, I'm possibly just being too preoccupied with our possible and uh, present situation. So uh, it's it's making me think a lot of things. Uh, Severance is uh, just a, a perfect amalgamation of a series that has you uh, intrigued. It has you thinking your way through uh, what 
could and couldn't be going on. And then there's emotionally a, a lot of stuff that resonates, even though it's in this uh, very kind of bizarre world. So either way, I am looking forward to more revelations this Friday. Fingers crossed that Heli is okay. I feel like she will be. I don't feel like uh, it's going to be... Uh, uh, when I say easy, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I mean that as in, I think it's going to be very hard for her to escape. And I do love her character so much, I doubt that we would be losing her just yet. Uh, a couple of extra notes. Love seeing John Turturro not only in this, but his completely different type of character in The Batman. Uh, I had no idea Turturro was in the new film, so it was a welcome surprise to see him pop up. Yay! Uh, also, if you're a Gary Oldman fan, check out the trailer for the new Apple TV series, Slow Horses. This six-part series looks right up my alley, and I'm starting to feel Apple TV really take a hold on my viewing habits. There's a lot on Apple TV that I'm really liking, and Slow Horses, uh, you know, six-part series, that's not too much of a commitment, so I'm keen to check that out. And that also leads me to the TV series For All Mankind. I finally had an opportunity to finish season two, and I am astounded that more people aren't talking about this, and I just don't understand why it's not inundated with awards or at least nominations. Uh, If you haven't heard of the TV series For All Mankind. This is a series that is an alternate history where in the 60s, Russia landed on the moon before America and the knock-on effect that has in the world. So, look, I'll be honest with you straight up, each season is a slow burn. There's 10 episodes in a season and they take their time. They take their time setting up character. They take their time setting up situations and you know, you might think, oh, this is feeling pretty meaty, like there's a lot in every episode. It's more like reading a big book than watching a a flippant TV series. But I can't recommend enough to you that each season has come with big payoffs, like really big payoffs. And what you might think is a boring subplot often is setting you up for a grand revelation. And, you know, the only thing I'll say, and this is just a word of advice if you give it a go, Don't get too close to any of the characters. Nobody is safe in this series. And uh, the episode that I watched recently was (laughs) genuinely devastating. Like, I was like, oh man, I had to... You know something's upsetting when you have to remind yourself this is all pretensies. This is all made up. But it was... uh, I was really sideswiped. So... uh, If you want to kind of get your head around what it is, uh, think of it as an alternate history space madmen slash West Wing series. If the words alternate history, space, madmen and West Wing appeal to you, I would give For All Mankind a go. I've loved it and can't wait for season three, which will hopefully be released soon. It's it's really good. I really loved it. Uh, Okay, I'll be back later this week with a past the Amel podcast starring Garth Jones, as we not only cover the Australian movie Wormwood Apocalypse, but also hear Garth's account of dealing with the floods in Brisbane. Oh, poor Garth. Um, you know, uh, like it's kind of useless, but a hello to everyone who is dealing with the, this at the moment. It is really full on, and uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear Garth talk about that. So that will come out on Wednesday, and there is also a new blog over at Big Squid pod.com entitled tick tock boom that's boom with a question mark 
Uh, I'm really enjoying getting back to writing these short pieces. So if you'd like a quick read while on public transport or when you're in need of a little break, they're ready to go. They're just kind of uh, thoughts uh, week to week of where I'm at and uh, what I'm thinking. And uh, hopefully there is stuff there that uh, is entertaining and also something that uh, is relatable, maybe even uh, articulate some of the thoughts that you're having as well. Thank you for tuning into this squid bit. Until then. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.